Hello, and welcome to Cowl Fans, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're a popped-off production, and we're glad that you're here. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we have a lot, a lot to go over today. Um, yeah. But but maybe not as much as last week. Um, it was a lot quieter this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a crazy few weeks of news so it's true we were it's a lot more than your your average regular season week but it's it's not quite as or yeah unexpected as um the past few weeks have been <laughs> right right so let's start off here florida pulls off a convincing we win against a contenders team i can't talk today uh everybody um i'm yep. zonked apparently now, so Florida pulls off a convincing win. We did. <laughs> I did it again. Oh my gosh! Florida wee wee on the Vancouver Titans. That's it. That's that's what I meant to say. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Yaki just kind of destroyed them, particularly Rolf. <laughs> It was, yeah, the dude had a um, 0.4 KDA on Tracer. That's madness. <laughs> or I think it was, I don't remember if it was a Tracer or match wide, but 0.4 KDA regardless is absurd. Yeah. And then he was getting close to like, I think it was 19 Elims per 10. So just about a 20 KDA. Yeah. Uh, Basically, Yaki is insane and doesn't Disgusting. die. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, uh, and you you had a good feeling about this meta as you saw it start to take place, particularly in North America. Like, when you saw Tracer, Sombra, Winston, you were like, hey, Fate plays Winston pretty <laughs> good. Hey, BQB has a pretty good Sombra. Hey, Yaki Tracer. This is looking pretty nice for us. And uh, yeah, it did turn out nice. Um, Vancouver did put up a bit of a fight on Junkertown. They did. Um, Junkertown, though, continues to be that weird caveat map. Um, if you remember, as far back as the inaugural season, right? Junkertown's always been that map where good teams would be upset by bad teams. Just think about the Houston Outlaws' entire career outside <laughs> Stage 1, right? Um, you it's just it's weird it's a weird map it doesn't work like any of, of the other maps you saw junkertown specific comps um as you tend to see on junkertown and florida didn't look as comfortable on it we didn't have yaki tracer we didn't have bqb sombra we didn't have fate winston we had um double shield tanks with the arisa sigma and then it was widow duels which really isn't bqb's wheelhouse it was Strange not to see Saya player in. Maybe they weren't expecting to see the Widowmaker, so they were going to run something else against whatever they were expecting to see. Because um, they also didn't come out the gate on the Widow. I don't remember. They started on, They started but... in the um, Hero Select with the Hanzo right. and, the, and the Echo. Right. So... Yeah, they must have been expecting like Hanzo May or something, because I think that's what um that's what I remember London playing on Dunkertown. Right. 
So maybe some other teams had come to that conclusion as well. Um, they ended up running double sniper, which forced um, BQB onto the sniper. And I think I think Yaki played May mostly until he switched to Echo um, on like point C. But we yeah we, you could tell we weren't we weren't in our comfort zone. Um, and mm -hmm. Vancouver was able to sort of take advantage of that by looking like not complete Garbo, <laughs> but still not enough to, to really give us that much of a fright. Right. So it was, it, you know, all in all, uh, it, Vancouver may not be the worst team in the league right now, and they literally just hired this team two days prior. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's important. I think it's a good thing to sort of commend the Titans management staff right now on their ability to get a team together in under a week, um, and it, and it not be the worst looking Overwatch League team we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean they managed to take a map off the Washington Justice. Granted, probably up until this point, Washington Justice was the second worst team in the league, right? So that's a that's a tough L to take. Yeah. Um, but as you said, this team was just formed. I doubt they had really any proper scrim time together this week. Yeah. Um, and even though it was mostly an existing contenders team, the meta changes every week with Hero Pool. So if you're not scrimming, that's going to be affecting you. And then this roster isn't totally the second win roster. They did have um, some additions. Like, I don't think Car Car, I'm trying to remember what the additional second win roster is. So let me look that up so I don't just talk past my butt. Let's see. <laughs> um, yes. So they brought on Shredlock, Dalton, and Rolf from second wind right so that's kind of your like core but they actually did pick up some pieces from elsewhere so they picked up car car i'm not sure where he was now but i knew him for his time on fusion university okay. i want to say if i'm not messing that up and i oh um yeah fusion university and then he was also on atlanta academy this year when they weren't as hot right um but definitely a, a a pretty good main support like one of the better ones out there in the tier two scene um rolf has been around forever um ksaa is one that i knew almost nothing about like his team before today was the raspberry racers <laughs> Yeah. Please, please come tell me you've heard of the Raspberry Racers. I've heard of the Raspberry Racers. Because <laughs> I won't believe you. <laughs> oh. Well, that's less fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So he is a... He's from Saudi Arabia and was a apparently playing from Saudi Arabia. Wow. Um, which I imagine is not easy on the off-tank roll. He did no. manage to eat some pulse bombs against Washington, so kudos to you doing that on high ping. Impressive. And then they grabbed Suna as well. Um, Suna used to play probably most notably on Young and Beautiful and, and um, British Hurricane. Okay. So two decent teams. 
Um, and he's he's kind of been an up and coming player for a while. Uh, a number of these players, Dalton and Rolf especially, have been up and coming um, contenders players. So probably their tank line is the most unproven of the three. But a lot of the players already kind of felt like they were washed, right? Like Rolf has kind of felt washed for a year or two. Sure. So although I'm happy to see him in because like I have nostalgic memories of Rolf being good, it's been a long time since I've like felt like Rolf was re- relevant even in the T2 scene. So and he, and he felt like he was being farmed both games pretty hard. Mm. Um, particularly by pulse bombs, which shouldn't be happening when you're mostly playing Moira. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, on paper, to me, I thought the support line was going to be the strongest point, but it really kind of felt like the weak link after watching them play. Yeah, we'll have to see how this goes, but um, I uh, honestly, I think more scrim time um actually overwatch league level scrimming will all of this will yeah. will be a benefit to this team um like i said right now i think they're probably not as bad as boston but that may not be the case we'll have to see them I'm actually play sure. boston i know i think it's going to be pretty close and it and it might be and uh but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see and we'll have to see what happens yeah. when they get some actual I- practice time in and I'm interested to see, too, how much Vancouver Titans is going to invest into this roster. Are they just going to keep six players and, like, just kind of ride this out? Or are you going to see them try to make more pickups throughout the season as they start to figure out their weak points and actually, like, try to, you know, like, invest in this roster into season two? Right. Are they going to go Toronto Defiant of end of last year where they're like, let's just pick up some random Western players and then drop everybody at the end of the year? Or is this going to be a roster that they really do try to try to build? Because I think there is better talent out there in the T2 scene. I do think they could have done a lot worse, but I do think there are some upgrades here and there that they could be making. Yeah, They need a projectile player. Um, they have two hit scans. Suna did okay on projectile, but you could tell he was kind of out of his comfort level. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to see them do a little bit more. Um, and I'll, it'll be interesting to see if they do that or if they're just kind of doing the minimum right now. Yeah, it, that's, that's a fair point. And honestly, I feel like, I feel like they really need to do more than the minimum right now. Um, yeah. even if for no other reason than PR. Yeah. Because um, right now the Vancouver Titans do not look good, um, yeah. and and it's all it's all being kept confidential, like the actual innards of all of that. So right. um, it's hard to say. It's hard yeah. to say Vancouver Titans, the management team did a bad job, or the players did a bad job, or whatever, because yep. it's all confidential. So, um. I have a feeling that most people, because they were fans of the players and of the runaway roster, um, they're gonna just gonna blame the management. And so, for the management to invest in some players right now would be a very good look for them. I um, mean, I think it's something yeah. they need to do, even if it's even if it's not something they want to do. I think it's something they need to do because the Vancouver Titans are about to lose a lot of their fans. Um, yeah, they, kind of, they inherited a large fan base. They did. Um, and 
now they're just going to be kind of left with their localization, which isn't awful. Like, they're very lucky that they're in a franchise localized league like the Overwatch League when something like this goes down because this would have been a lot worse for them. Right. Um, they wouldn't have had at least that kind of foundation um, to have still standing after everything went down. But they did just, you know, betray a very vocal and prevalent fan base in the Overwatch League. They Runaway did. Runaway is a very beloved team and has been one of the most beloved teams in Overwatch history. Um, and now they just lost that. So they, they definitely need to build some confidence back um, in in the play um, from amongst fans that they're not just a crappy org, right? Because nobody really wants to support a crappy org. Um, think about how many fans Mayhem has hemorrhaged over the years because people have believed our org is crappy, right? Right. Um, you don't want to be in this situation. No, you do not. Speaking from experience. Um I could recommend as a Mayhem fan maybe picking up a, key, a few runaway players. I hear there are some out there. They're pretty good players. They bring fans and tend to improve your team. That may be difficult right now with all the runaway <laughs> people who just left. <laughs> That's the joke. Uh, oh, you meant you meant the ones who just left. <laughs> yeah, if only there was like this this team of like grand finalists sitting out there that they could have picked up to sign on their roster i think they would have been in a lot better spot it's unfortunate that such a group of players isn't just out there ripe for the taking right oh now. man <laughs> i thought you were talking about like somebody from the newer renditions of runaway might have you know gone into free agency or something nope I somewhere confused. in the middle of my serious thoughts i uh, started memeing mm. so anyway i started memeing yeah, yeah. Um, great, because I wasn't talking good earlier, and now you're memeing, and now I have no idea what's happening in my life. <sighs> All right. That's, that's the Vancouver Titans. Yeah. That's that pretty fully. Well done. We're moving on to the next thing. The next thing on my list is the only 3-2 goes to map 5 close game this week, Shanghai versus Seoul. Yeah, so this was a bit of a surprise after Seoul's pretty hard slump. Um, we got the Shanghai Dragons versus Seoul game we were all expecting two weeks ago right. when they first went up against each other. Um, it was a bit of an interesting match, kind of in the grand scheme of the weekend, as it was a lot of, like, May McCree. Mm -hmm. A lot of May McCree, some Hanzo, um, and then a lot of double shield. So you, you didn't really see this the bunker this um, heavily invested into as much outside maybe the Shock Defiant game. Um, and this was a really, really tight and surprising game. Um, when the first map came out, it just kind of looked like Shanghai was going to do Shanghai things and just kind of run over Seoul. And then Fitz just kind of went crazy. Um, started clicking heads and um toby really impressed me as well he had really really good um immortality fields um which was good to see toby impressing yeah it's we don't we don't it feels like only once every few months we get a we get a good toby match yeah um, in the overwatch league and this this is one of them he um he performed really well Bedosin was fragging out you had Bedosin on the zenyatta 
Um, they look like a really, really good duo on, on the Zen Baptiste, which was largely what was being played by these two teams. Um, there are a few caveats, like this is a particularly good meta for Soul, right? Um, you didn't have to play Marvel too much on D.Va. Even though you don't ever have to do that, Soul. You have a D.Va player. Hmm? You have one who's quite good <laughs> on your bench. This has been... You don't have to play your main tank on off tank. You have an off tank player. This has been ASMR with Howler. <laughs> <laughs> but um, besides that, I mean, it was a good. Uh, Marvel has a good Sigma. Right, we all know Marvel has a good Sigma after the playoffs last year, and Marvel got to play Sigma. And guess what? Marvel looked good on Sigma. Um, Jester got to play good on get the got to play Arissa, and Marvel looks or Jester looked good on Arissa. When they played Hanzo, they halted people into Dragon Strike. They're really good at that. <laughs> um, they kind of got to play to their strengths, right? Prophet had to play May a lot. Um, which Prophet's May is pretty good. Um. Not his best hero, I don't think, but I mean, he's not awful on it. Um, but he also got to play a bit of Tracer here and there. We like to yeah. see Prophet on Tracer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, overall, besides maybe Toby not being able to play Lucio, um, everybody got to play their favorite heroes on the Soul Dynasty. Um, and I think it was a blessing in disguise that they couldn't, that they didn't weren't playing Lucio, because that meant Lijagong wasn't playing Lucio, which Shanghai always looks vulnerable when Li Jigong isn't on Lucio. Um, the last time they lost, Li Jigong didn't get to play Lucio against Chengdu, right? Right. So it's like a mixture of Seoul got a really good meta, and the Shanghai Dragons really didn't. <laughs> um, and that just made it so they were almost dead even. <laughs> well, which, that tells you something. Lot, yeah, it tells you something. So, like, it was good to see life out of Soul, but um, when when Soul gets this meta, I really do believe they're a top tier team. The problem is they could barely, just barely scrape out a win against Shanghai at basically their worst. Right. So, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, we had some other games that were not as close in the scoreline. But if yeah. you ask our great analyst, Howler, he'll let you know that they are closer than their score. That is you. Very good. <laughs> he will let you know that their score lines are, uh, are a bit of a falsehood and that these matches are closer than they appear. And so we're just going to sort of go over what those games are for you. There are three yeah. of them. Howler's going to mm -hmm. tell you what they are so that you can have a chance to go back and look at them because they're fun games to watch. Yeah, so the first one was Paris versus Gladiators. Um, this was always my match to watch, like just looking at the schedule this week. Um, I'm pretty high on both of these teams. They're like in that tier, like if you have your top teams, right? Your your Shanghai's, Philadelphia's, and your San Francisco Shots of the world, they're like the tier just below that, right? They can upset those teams a lot and then beat most other teams. Um, so I was really excited to see how this match would turn out. And this was probably my favorite match of the week because um, you got to see differing ideas on the meta just kind of clash head-to-head. -head. 
Um, we had a couple Chinese games on Sunday that were like that, but it was that was double shield with May McCree versus the the Sombra Tracer dive that we were seeing a lot in North America. This one was just slightly different alterations on the meta. So they were both mostly focusing on dives. Um, and everything was mirror until you got to the Sombra pick. So Gladiators only ran Sombra. Paris only ran Echo. And it made for a very fascinating matchup. Um, as the week would progress, you would find out that the Echo was the weird pick. You didn't really know. And after Paris won, you thought it was the, the normal pick, right? You thought Gladiators were the weird ones because they lost. Right. Um, but it turns out, yeah, it was Paris making this Echo dive work. Um, Nico looked so much better than he did last week because Nico and Soon had a very rough week um, playing the Echo Tracer against, I don't remember who they played, Philly? Um, yeah, Philly. But they did not look good in that match. And then this one, they turned around, and they're looking fantastic. Um, the tanks were ridiculous. Um, Nico has decided, I just like to copy D.Va 24-7 as Echo because I used to play D.Va a lot back on a team called Rogue. Um, <laughs> and they looked, um, they looked really good. It was fun, exciting, different. I would I would highly recommend the the Paris Gladiators match. Yeah, Paris comes out on top of that game three one. They also loved to press the Q button, like every time like Paris lost someone and you were like, oh, this fight is over. They would press Q and then it'd be a six v three and you're like, okay, they're gonna reset and then they'd press Q again, and then they'd win. That was the bizarre thing. It, they reminded me a lot of like San Francisco or Vancouver Titans back in the GOAT era, right? Mm. Like, you think you would get this opening kill and you're going to beat this team, and then Sinatra would grab and kill everybody, right? That's what this game felt like. They just they just slapped that Q button, and it was, it was <laughs> wild. It was scrappy. It was super fun, exciting, high-tempo Overwatch. Neither of these teams were, like, waiting for the other team. It was both teams on attack or defense were on offense. Didn't matter what side of the map you started on. Both teams are just diving into each other, and it was just insanity. It was fun. All right. Uh, Dive is cool. We had two other games that were closer than their score lines. Just give us their score lines and tell us to go watch them. Yeah. So Dallas versus Philadelphia was actually really close. I mean, it's Carpe versus Decay on Tracer. Go treat yourself. Okay? That's all I got to say about that one. And then probably the most surprising of them all, San Francisco Shock versus the Toronto Defiant was actually very, very close. Um, it was the first time Defiant kept Logic in the whole match, and the dude just popped off. It was a bit weird because they played Bunker the whole time. They played like the May McCree more so, both the teams. Okay. But it was it was it was very very close, <laughs> very close. <laughs> um, Defiant easily could have walked away with a W easily awesome awesome okay so we're in the middle of our may madness tournament right now and we are going through qualifiers and i believe we have one more two more weeks of qualifiers one one more week of qualifiers and then we're in the tournament then yep. we're in the tournament so with one more week of qualifiers what are the standings like right now for the tournament because you can't find the standings online 
Yeah, they did flash them once. If you're watching like post Florida, right? Um, at the end of the Florida game, they flashed them, and that was about it. Um, and you can't find them on the website. So if you missed it on the broadcast, sucks to be you. Unless you're a fan of the Casual Overwatch League fans podcast. A fan of the Casual Overwatch League fans. <laughs> that was fun to say. <laughs> it was fun to say. Um, so yeah, here are what the standings are looking like now. Number one seed, what everybody was expecting, the Florida Mayhem. They are 2-0. and So there's four teams right now that are 2-0, and but Florida has the best, best map score because we have yet to lose a map. Four weeks, an entire month. That's nuts. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, right below us at number two is the San Francisco Shock, who have lost one map. And then you've got the LA Gladiators at, or sorry, it's the Los Angeles Valiant. I just read Los Angeles and wanted to say Gladiators, apparently, <laughs> but. It is not the Gladiators, because they lost. Can't do that. So they are not 2-0. <laughs> it's Los Angeles. We've got to play Boston, which inflated their map score and got them up to third place. <laughs> Despite going to map five last week. And then Philadelphia are, um, are in fourth. Now, spots five through nine are one and one, which would be Atlanta, Paris, Dallas, Los Angeles, Gladiators and Washington Justice. And then finally, your bottom four are your 0-2 teams, which would be, in order, Toronto, Vancouver, Houston, and Boston. Um, flipping over to the Pacific, just as everyone expected, top seed, undefeated, Guangzhou Charge. <laughs> 3-0. Um, in second place, the Shanghai Dragons at 2-1. Um, then you've got a couple one-and-one teams. London is in third. Hangzhou is in fourth. In fifth is the New York Excelsior. Hello? Hello. Um, sixth is Seoul Dynasty. And then seventh with no wins, Chengdu Hunters. <laughs> so, um, yeah, things are interesting. They really are. They really are. And while we're talking about standings for the tournament, I just want to talk about our overall standings right now because they are also pretty interesting. Because if yes. you jump into the Overwatch League standings and go to the regular season overall ranks, Florida is number five. Yeah, and if you remember a wise man once told me a couple weeks ago that um, not to pay attention to power rankings and just look at the overall rankings to kind of get a feel of where teams are at at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, if you do that, hello, Florida. <laughs> hello, You're Florida. Five. Um, <laughs> hello, Philadelphia, Dragon, Shock, and Excelsior, which most people would pretty definitively say are your top four teams in the league. That's true. Florida. Right <laughs> there. Right next on the list. Yep. Fort Mayhem. Now, I do, there is, there is one thing that I think very much needs to be noted in here, right? Um, uh, I the there the score lines after that and the map differentials are probably something that are really helpful for people to be looking at. And if you utilize that, you're gonna notice that the team that's actually closest to us in map differential and win loss is Atlanta Rain. Yep. Um uh they're three positions behind us because of the way this stupid thing calculates wins and losses. 
Um, right. We have more wins. We we are. We have one more win, but the same amount four. of losses, and that yeah. creates a three spot differential yep. for some reason between people who have four wins and three losses. It's just it's very odd. Um, beginning to think it's a percentage based thing, which I I do think it's percentage based. Yeah. But that means that these three extra wins that we're fixing to see coming through from these tournaments are going to really junk up our regular season rankings. So this is probably this week and next week or the last week we can really jump through the regular season rankings and get any idea of what's going on. <laughs> um, because after this, they're, they, I feel like they're going to become very irrelevant. Um, so I just wanted to take a look at that and notice that Florida and Atlanta are really neck and neck right now. I know Atlanta... Yes. Did, however, just have a huge adjustment. And that adjustment is Corey and Stratus have both retired this week. I really respect the attempt at a uh, transition. Thank you. Thank however, you. However, that's the Washington Justice. Ah, shoot. <laughs> it was smooth, though. Very it was smooth. smooth. It was wrong, but it was smooth. <laughs> But no, the team in 19th place. Oh, never mind. Who would normally be competing with the Florida Mayhem in yeah. past seasons and was um, <laughs> lost two of their star players, question mark. And I think that's fair. the 19th place team have star players. Yeah. Yeah. Probably would. Um, yeah. So two of their beloved players. <laughs> yeah. Par- particularly Corey. Um. You never felt like you could count Justice out because they had Corey. Right. They've now lost that special sauce. Mm-hmm. Their secret recipe is gone. Um, and they're losing Stratus as well. Um, so there's two different reasons if, you, if you've if you missed the news. Um, Corey's leaving for Valorant, as many pros have been. Right. Um, I've seen a clip of him playing Valorant. He's quite dirty. It's very disgusting. Um, I feel like he's probably going to be pretty successful if he keeps up that level of play that I saw him play. Sure. Um, I feel better about him than Sinatra. Say that. Um, yeah, Sinatra didn't impress me when I watched him play. But, yeah, Corey's gone. That's very unfortunate for the Overwatch League and for fans of Team USA. Um, in the World Cup, because Corey's kind of a nut, and yep. Stratus, he's a very enjoyable personality. So it always kind of sucks to lose a good personality in the Overwatch League because we don't have that many, right? Um, we mostly just have nerds with no social skills. So it's, <laughs> it's true. Stratus was fun and a fresh and a a breath of fresh air, but he he seemed so. He's mentioned like he likes Valorant and he might go competitive, but him leaving was more so he he realized what he loved, right? Um, he's going into content creation with the Justice, and he's doing that if you read his quit longer because he, he realized that what he loved more than competing was making people happy and entertaining them. Um, hence his personality on stage, right? He, he's the whole sunglasses thing, getting everybody hype. And when he lost the ability to go out in front of a crowd on stage, he lost a lot of his motivation to play. Sure. So this one feels like more of a like a COVID-19 loss than a Valorant loss, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. 
but um, I'm glad that he's kind of kind of figured out what he likes and and what's more and where his passion is. And it's I'm excited to see what kind of content that he puts out. I'm not sure I'll watch it. But. Um, listen, if he does anything reminiscent of classic Watchpoint, but just for the justice, I think I would be all over that. Yes. Right, I because I can see him. I could see him dressing up in a Monty style devil costume to play devil's advocate. <laughs> Or that would any, be fun. Or any of those weird, ridiculous things they did on Classic Watchpoint, which is officially called Classic Watchpoint yeah. now, I've decided. Um, if he does that, or like some kind of like, uh, yeah, like a news show or something, even like Custis News Network, I think he would be a much more entertaining person to watch doing that kind of show. And yeah, if he, yeah. If he did something like that, I'd tune in. If he just streams all the time, I probably won't. No, probably not. Yeah. We're just yeah. not that big of watching streamer people but i imagine it'll do quite well because most people really like to watch streamers yeah and Corey's he's pretty entertaining uh, super entertaining stratus 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 stop mix he isn't this isn't Corey of the atlanta rain alert <laughs> talking about stratus of the watching justice i'm sorry i'm Get it sorry together. i'm sorry stratus stratus is the may player with the sunglasses on the sunglasses on the sunglasses but yeah, that leaves Justice in a weird position now. They asked Stratus. Stratus wasn't supposed to play this weekend. They asked him to because they lost Corey. And they didn't have anybody else to play. Right. Um, so, but that was Stratus's last game. They made it very clear. Stratus's last game was Saturday. So that leaves them with five players, I think. Well. Six counting Wolshish. Um, going into their match against Florida. So they're going to need to find a DPS replacement. I feel like they must have one if they told Stratus that they just need him for a weekend. So I'm very interested to see who they're going to pick up because they've got some big shoes to fill. Well, uh, if Allurimore has anything to say about it, they'll pick up someone off Atlanta Academy. <laughs> the defunct Atlanta Academy. Yep, that one. That's the one. Who even who even was on that team? That I don't know. So good. I don't even know. I mean, they had Sugar Free, but he's like five years old and retired. <laughs> so oh, yeah, one of their one of their former players is now on T One's Valorant team. That's fun. So, uh, all that to say, Florida will be playing Washington next week, and it yeah. should be an interesting matchup. And we'll see if Florida can continue to make their way. Florida's schedule is ridiculous. We get to play Boston. We play Vancouver at probably their weakest point because they had no scrim time and were just thrown together, right? Mm -hmm. And then we get to play Justice the week after they lose Corey and Stratus. We yep. literally fought every team basically at their lowest low. At this point, I'm convinced that having Florida on your schedule for the next upcoming week means a team implosion. It's a curse. <laughs> it's a curse. Yeah. Florida, Florida cursed. You better hope we don't select you when, because we get the first pick. Whatever team gets selected in the in the May tournament to go up against us, you're done. You're we're, we're just gonna, gonna pluck we're you just, out of. We're just gonna pick the fusion for the sake of them displaying me. Yeah, <laughs> Carpe's gonna leave for Valorant the second we do it. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I mean, I don't want that. Cute. 
think that the that the Philadelphia Fusion are going to be bottom or five through eight to even be a selection <laughs> for us. But. I don't. I don't want that. Let me rephrase this. I do not want Carpe to leave the leave Overwatch League. What I do want is Florida to pick the best team in the league to play against and them totally, like, explode. Can you imagine, at the end of the season, every team's imploded except the Florida Mayhem, <laughs> and we just take it all because we're, like, the only, the only team that's team still there. Because, like, everybody else is burnt out, but our guys are just, like, trolling each other in League of Legends and Call of Duty all day, and, like, they don't even care. They're just having fun together, so they never leave. That's it. What a twist, too. It's like Florida's the only team that can keep their players happy after the two seasons we've had before that. Dear Overwatch League, let us write your script. Love Cowl fans. <laughs> let us let us implode your entire league and throw your future securities into question more than they already have been. Listen, listen. All for the sake of the Florida mayhem having a funny story. Oh man. Uh no, no, the Overwatch League won't find bigger proponents for their success than us, but they also won't find bigger proponents for their what they to tried work. to what they tried to sell us on than us either. And what yeah. they tried to sell us on was localized teams with home and away games with great storylines. And let me tell you, if this was a home and away situation, and every time we pulled into some city, their teams imploded, that would be an amazing storyline. <laughs> And you would, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you would wind up in sports journals over that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's all. That's all we got. And um, and we'll see you next week for that next team's implosion. Should be fun. Should be fun. Should be fun. So um, yeah. So this has been Cowell fans. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, big thanks to Popped Off for all of their support. Um, this. The entire Overwatch League imploding is not officially endorsed by Popped Off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I just felt like we needed to say that just in case. <laughs> um, yeah, big thanks to them. Big uh, shout out to Howler, I guess, because I'm trying to shout out things, and the only thing I actually shout out anymore is Popped Thanks. Off. Yeah, because he's he's got long Shout hair. Shout out to he's, all the moms. Yesterday was awesome. Mother's Day. Happy yeah. Mother's Day yeah. to all the cowl moms. Yeah, there's there's two of them. At mm, least. At least. If not more. Sure. Um, be sure to check us out on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Uh, we're available on all of those and all major podcasting platforms. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just hit the little... Uh, Ring-a-ding bell icon, I think, is what they say on the cool YouTube channel pages. They say, hit that bell. Yeah. They, they call it a ring-a-ling bell. That's what... Oh, I knew it. Yeah. Um, uh, and follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, our social media pages, for, you know, social things. Howler does a good job uh, with Twitter, and I do a job going live on Facebook. Yeah. So that happens. We were up at between seven and eight thirty Eastern time on a Monday. Yeah, so you don't have anything and better some to coffee do. Coffee and cuddle up with a cowl fan. All right. So thanks for joining us. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Howler. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>